Welcome to Strung Out, the podcast that looks at life through the lens of an artist. Your host is the artist, writer, and musician, Martin Lawrence McCormack. Now here's Marty. Hey, glad to have you with us on Strung Out. This is part two of an interview that I did with Kenny Pheasant. Kenny Pheasant is arguably a outlier when it comes to preserving language. He has single-handedly taken on Anishinaabe Moam, which is the language of the tribes that predominantly lived around the Great Lakes region. The language has been in decline for a long time, and Kenny was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that practiced it all the time. He has now turned it into a mission of spreading the language. And what's interesting is that the language now is being taught to non-Native people. What a great way to not only celebrate Native American History Month, but also to look at the idea of cultural identity being enmeshed into popular culture, where regional identity can at least honor the people that have lived here for the longest time. And using the language, even a little bit of it, helps preserve and unify people. So let's continue along with the interview with Kenny Pheasant here on Strung Out. Before we have you introduce the next piece, I I have a question just based on the language camp. In... Ireland, they have parts of Ireland called the Gaeltac, where they speak nothing but Irish. And the idea is to have a region where English is just not even, not that it's not allowed, but it's just not there. Not used, yeah. Do you envision or do you see already, are there parts of your nation where... People will just speak nothing but Anishinaabe Moan? That's a start. When they do that at our language camp, that's a start. And what I would like is to for what they practice and what they do at the language camp, we want them to do in their own communities. And then on top of that, we turn our language camp into a language recycle camp. We recycle everything. And so there is no garbage in uh, thrown away. It, it's a good thing. And we, I tell people that we have to take care of Mother Earth because nobody else is doing it. And now Mother Earth is really ticked off at us. And that's why we're seeing the disasters, natural disasters throughout the world today. And you'll see some more tomorrow and the next day. Yes, we definitely have to get our act together. So that's why we do that at Language Camp. We have about, we had 250 people there this summer, and we all give, when they register, we give them what they call feast bundles. And that's what you eat out of the whole weekend. And we give you a place where you can wash those, and, and then you use them again. So nothing's thrown away. Kenny, I, I bet you there's a lot of listeners who are 
wanting to go to language camp, and I'm sure some of them are going to say, hey, I don't have an ounce of Anishinaabe blood in me. Yeah, half of them were there this year. <laughs> because they were just curious. They didn't know what language camp was, so they came, and they, there was 14 people from Florida that came. It was like one big family. They had no idea what they were getting into. And once they got there, they loved it, and they had to go back. And they said, we'll be back next year, but we're coming early. That's, that sounds great. We're going to take a little break here. So what I would like you to do, Kenny, is to just tell the listener what this next tale is uh, in English before we hear it, hear you talking about it in Anishinaabe Moam. Okay. I think this is the one about the, the woodpecker, the legend of the woodpecker. And this is a story about some men, and this happened when I was a little boy. And what happened was the, the government used to hire a bunch of men from our community to go and plant trees in the forest. And they chose a place and everything like that, so they get they take him there. Anyways, this is one place, and there's no electricity there. Okay, so the guys are, are working all day long planting trees, and when it gets dark, it's dark. There's no switch you can turn the light on or anything like that. They had a place where they could sleep. They're all in there, and it's dark, and so they start visiting each other. This man starts saying, he says, of all the birds in the bird kingdom, the woodpecker has the shortest lifespan. And so he's trying to impress the other people that were in, the, in that room. And anyways, somebody makes a comment, oh, you're a smart man, all this information. He says, oh, yeah, he says, I'm very smart. And then silence for a little bit. And then the older man spoke up. He's way back in the corner. Of, he says, if all I did was bang my head up against a tree all day long, I wouldn't be living long either. <laughs> That's what his comment was. Let's listen in on a good joke in Nishinaabe Moam by Kenny Pheasant. You're listening to Strung out. Chejaja goba, kawin dash we go wasamanpi. Bejig yeguis as yindadze. Jiboma set dash go, yim najigaza. Ni yen knows when nedo ke when ye are now. Dash yen yijin kajagaza. We was. Ye mean go elze. Chiman kenet minoa jigewat. Manda dash pi enen tauget 
Hello from Marty Fine Art Studio. It's that time of year again when Marty reveals his annual Christmas painting and starts filling orders for the limited edition note card sets. This year's painting, titled God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, is the first watercolor of the holiday series. It features two bull moose lounging in a thicket of willow reeds at the base of a snowy mountain range. A perfect greeting to wish all of your friends a relaxing, peaceful holiday season. Were you hoping to reorder last year's Christmas card? You're in luck. A few sets remain, so why not add one to your order? The high-quality 5x7-inch cards come with envelopes in sets of 15 for $30. To order, click the link in Marty's newsletters or shop online at martinlawrencemccormack.bandcamp.com. Click on the Merch button and select your quantity. As always, thank you for supporting Marty Fine Art. Have a great holiday season. There's a wolf in the clearing Staring at me A wolf at my window Waits patiently On this journey Inside of me
Go to martinmccormack.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get the latest blog from Marty, information about upcoming podcasts, and what's happening in the gallery. That's martinmccormack.com. And in this final part of this podcast, uh, I, I want to touch on something uh, you had told me before we started recording about uh, a gentleman from Ireland that uh, studied uh, Anishinaabe Moam and found some similarities in the language and such. And I'm intrigued and I want to hear from you. Nowadays, you hear about cultural appropriation and the sharing of your language, though, sounds like it's really important for you, not only for members of your own nation, but people that are not members of your nation so they uh, can get to, to understand your nation. At least that's that's what I'm getting from you. Is that true? Is that where you're at? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like the older I get, the more opportunities I'm getting to to promote the language and the culture. There, there's more and more interest about my people from just a common person. And it's a good thing because we, I, we can offer them a lot. And first of all, they don't realize that we have a website. And it's... It's really helped a lot of people, not just Anishinaabe people, but people in general. They use that. They use my website in schools now, and my Facebook page. They use for language learning for in elementary school and high school in Canada. I know that happens for sure. And so it's, how would I say, uh, the, what I'm doing is creating an interest in the oldest culture, in the oldest language in North America. It's still here. It's still here. Barely, but it's still here. And that's why I try to do as much as I can while I'm here on Earth to uh, promote who I am, and that is I am a Nishnabe, and that that speaks his language first. Uh, here's here, somebody asked me, so how do I become fluent? I says, don't speak English. <laughs> and they said, what do you mean? I says, okay. I said, what do you do? What's your routine when you get up in the morning? They said, oh, okay. Do this, do that, and turn the TV on. I said, there you go. I says, you don't do that. I says, when you get in your car, don't turn the radio on. And I said, if you got some language CDs, plug them in. Because that's one of the things is the first part of my day is I don't hear English at all till maybe I get to work or something like that. That's when I hear English. But in during the day, all night long, I, and I also dream in my language. That's very cool. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> I love the idea that, of being able to dream in your, you know, the language that you grew up with. And, and I totally understand the idea that if you want to immerse yourself 
in the language. You got to basically get rid of the English. Yeah. One question and that I have is, has the nation considered lobbying at least the, the Great Lakes states to make Anishinaabe an official language of the states or something that could officially be put on curriculum? Is there any kind of effort in that way to to have the people that live in these areas understand that the oldest culture, the oldest language, what a gift that they're there. And I could just see, I guess I'm commenting more than questioning, but a way of honoring that would certainly be to learn the language, right? One of the governors, a few governors before, I forget what year it was, but she made the Anishinaabem when the official language of here in Michigan, and that it takes a Nishinaabe fluent person to be able to teach it. And so that's one of the things is now we have to create fluent speakers to be able to teach our own language, which can be done. Would you welcome somebody like that guy from Ireland to teach Anishinaabe? Would that be something where you would be like, yeah, that would work? I don't know if it would work with mainstream society, but I <laughs> I would learn from him. Okay. <laughs> Considering that you are the the guy that has rescued the language for all intents and purposes, that that says a lot. I I think that picking up the culture through the language is really important and I can almost see how people living in our part of the world, of which I'm here in Chicago, understanding that culture and having at least an idea of the Anishinaabe nation could be very productive in unifying people. Yeah. One of the things that as we teach one another techniques and different ways to learn language one of the things that they do in my community on Manitoulin Island is the they're turning the daycare facilities where you, the children are during the day, they're turning those into immersion facilities. They invite these fluent speakers to come and just hang out there, just speak, play games, do something. They don't have to do it with the kids, but as long as they're speaking to one another, the kids all those little kids, all they hear is the language. They don't hear English. They don't have the TV on. They don't have the radio on. All they hear are these speakers all day long. And there's one kid. Yeah, is he's been there three years. Going into the, yeah, three years. The kid is fluent. He speaks more language than he does or his parents do. He's a little boy. And that right there is the hope for the future, not only for yeah, exactly. preserving the language, but also promoting the culture, promoting the nation. The nation... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank God is still with us. The, the Anishinaabe Nation, and it's exciting to hear that you are, that 
the next generation, the youngest generation, is starting to pick this up. It gives everybody hope. Yes. Yeah. It's really, for people like me that are old now, it's exciting for us to hear this, to see this happening with our with our little kids. Our, they're learning the language the way we did. I didn't have to learn the language. It was just spoken in our home. And that's just the way it was. My, my parents are both gone now. And, but there was never did I ever speak the English language to them. I'd be embarrassed if I was to use a foreign language to speak to my parents. So we never did. We never. Our first language was Anishinaabe Mwen all day long, every day, with all nine kids. Nine kids. And I'm the oldest. Wow. I'm the oldest. Wow. Well, that's so great to hear. And I want to thank you, Kenny, for taking the time to be on this podcast. And you had asked me if I can speak any Irish. I'll. I will say thank you in Irish, and that's Gorab Milamagat, and really appreciate the fact that you came on to Strung Out, and I'd like to have you back to do a follow-up, because there's so much to talk about, not only about uh, the Anishinaabe language, but the Anishinaabe culture, and just the renaissance that I hear taking place through your efforts. Thank you so much. Oh, miigwech. All right, folks. I want to thank you, too, for listening. And as always, you can look at the production notes to get Kenny's website. I will have it uh, spelled out there for you so you can, and a link, so you can start learning Anishinaabe Moam. Uh, yourself. I learned a word for my favorite animal. I didn't know that moose was actually moose. And so from now on, I'm going to be pronouncing moose as moose. And then the plural of moose is what? Moosok. Moosok. So in Anishinaabe Moam, moose is plural. So there you go. That's another advantage. Uh, English, it's just moose. But Moose Okok. So there you go. And uh, thanks again, Kenny, and everybody else. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this show or a transcript, visit martinmccormack.com. While there, sign up for our newsletter. See you next time on Strung Out. Sense at all. A swan song wasn't part of the deal.